Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Project Life Mastery Podcast. I'm Stephen James, founder of ProjectLifeMastery.com, internet entrepreneur and life coach with a passion for living life to the fullest and fulfilling my potential as a human being. My purpose for this podcast is to be a powerful and passionate example of the unlimited possibilities that life offers for any of us that has the courage to commit ourselves to life mastery while sharing ideas, concepts, and strategies that can help you master every area of your life from your health, mindset, emotions, business, finances, relationships, and spirituality. Now, if you're someone like me that is hungry to take their life to the next level, then you're in the right place. Welcome and let's begin. Hey everyone, it's Stefan and Tatiana. Today we're going to be answering your relationship questions. So we actually just finished uh, recording another video um, and what we did was we asked you guys your questions on relationships, we compiled a list and we wanted to answer all those questions in one video but unfortunately we didn't manage to do that because you know us, we take, we, we we take a, a long time, <laughs> we talk a lot, but we want to go deep, we don't yeah. just want to scratch the surface, we actually want to add value to you and not just waste your time watching this video. So we decided to break up uh, the video into two parts, this is going to be part two. Part one will be available by clicking the link in the description box below. I do encourage you to watch it. Part two, we're going to go into sex, money, jealousy, a lot of just juicy topics, um, a lot of interesting questions that you guys submitted. Yeah, and by the way, we also recently published our wedding video that's on our YouTube channels. And so if you guys want to watch that and uh, celebrate in that special day, then you can find it on the Tatiana James YouTube channel or the Project Life Mastery YouTube channel. And we'll throw a link for you guys for that one as well in the description. But, you know, this is a, a topic that we're passionate about because really what's more important than love? Yeah. Nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't care what kind of success that you have in your life with your business, with your finances, your physical body, whatever the peak is that you experience with success, business, finances, getting you know your dream car, your dream house, all of that pales in comparison to what you can experience right here, what you can experience with an intimate relationship because one of the purposes of a relationship is to amplify human emotion. You know, whenever you have a success or you have a magic moment or something that happens in your life, you want to share it because when you share it, it amplifies the feeling of it. And in an intimate relationship, you can go deep. In an intimate relationship, you can grow spiritually in so many beautiful ways. And the experiences that we've had together, the emotions of love and passion, intimacy that we've experienced is so much greater than anything else we've experienced or achieved in our lives. And it's priceless and it's an incredible gift. And so we want to share this gift of love with you guys. We want to share with you guys things that we've learned that have helped us in our relationship. And we're not perfect by any means. We're growing. We're learning. We're students just like you guys are. Um, But, you know, there is a lot that we have learned. And there are certain principles to amazing and passionate relationships that if you apply those principles, it can truly take your relationship to a whole new level. Mm -hmm. So we are excited and feel privileged to share with you guys Mm -hmm. anything that can hopefully inspire, help, and support you guys in your relationship. Or if you're single and you have your eyes on one day attracting your soulmate or being in an amazing relationship or getting married, uh, we hope that we can be a role model and hopefully inspiration of love. Because there's not, you know, we talked about this in the last one, there's not many role models that are out there of truly great relationships. And, um, you know, when you do find that, you want to, you know, hopefully learn or be inspired from that. And we hope we can be that for you. So with that being said, how about we dive in? Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. So, um, you know, we're going to get into the first question, but I do want to remind you guys that what you're going to, what we're going to be sharing with you, you're going to come to the realization that, yeah, I mean, it does require some work. <laughs> like, you know, being in a relationship, if you're just going to get complacent, get comfortable, not give it your time of day and not put any effort into it or attention or time dedicated to your relationship, well, yeah, it's not going to be as great as it could be. And so 
for us to have to maintain and to grow our relationship requires attention, requires scheduling in time for us to create the presence, to to give each other, to meet our needs. And so it's it's yes, it's going to require work on your part. It's going to require intention. It's going to require you to raise your level of consciousness. But as Stefan said, it's worth it because there's sure. nothing more important than your life than yeah. you know having love in your life. And if you're spending your life with someone, like you know, it, it pays off to For put sure. some to put some it's, attention into your it's relationship. The most important decision you're ever going to make, you know. So making sure that you focus on it and expand and grow it. Like I said, you're going to get incredible rewards. Mm -hmm. Okay, number one, how to improve your sexual life after seven <laughs> years. Got any tips about that? That's a great question. So there's many different directions we can go with this one. Um, but I think a few things that I think are really valuable that we always remember and try to apply is number one, understanding the dynamic of masculine and feminine energy, mm -hmm. that um, what creates that aliveness, that passion, that spark that is in a relationship is something called polarity. Just like you know, there's a negative and a positive charge, there's magnetism, there's attraction to it with two magnets. But you know, if both people are, you know, there's no polarity, let's say, let's say that, you know, there's, there's two positive charges, then you repel. Mm -hmm. And so that's the dynamic of the masculine and the feminine that, um, you know, men and women can both have masculine and feminine energy. In fact, one of the goals that David Data says, one of our teachers from this, is to be fully integrated in both. Yeah. But we all have a certain nature. And so for me, my nature as a man is more masculine. But, you know, there's certain men, their nature is more feminine. There's nothing wrong with that. But knowing what your nature is is important. Tatiana's nature is more feminine. Mm -hmm. And so if we want to create attraction and that spark of passion, which obviously translates to the bedroom and your sexual life, then we want to create that polarity. And so having awareness at times that, you know, if I'm in my feminine, you know, which sometimes can happen, by the way, for men, when you spend so much time with another feminine energy, is that you kind of mold together and become one. And so you can kind of both be in this feminine mode. And if you're both in that feminine mode, there's no polarity. There's not going to be that attraction. You and can be friends and like play sure. video games together and have a good time. <laughs> but I mean, it's not going to be hot in the bedroom. For sure. In the same way too, you know, there's um, times for Tatiana, she can be more in her masculine. Maybe it's just more in the business mode, taking massive action, pushing herself, focused, you know, overcoming challenges, adversity. And that's, you know, amazing. We could have a friendship and connection, but there might not be that passion and that excitement, that aliveness that's there. So one thing that's been really helpful for us is having awareness of that. And so when it comes to our sexual life, you know, we use these energies when it's appropriate. You know, in business, okay, I need to bring out the masculine. Okay, I've got this challenge, this problem I need to solve. I need the masculine for that. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to our relationship, we want to make sure that we have that polarity. And so we have certain things that we do for Tatiana, for example, to be more in her feminine. Because when she's in her feminine, she's going to be radiant. When she's in her feminine, I'm going to be drawn to her. I'm going to, I'm going to feel uh, wanting this desire to be present with her and to claim her. And when she's in her feminine, she wants to be claimed by the masculine. She wants to fully surrender, you know, and she wants to open fully. And so there's certain things that you go into your feminine mode, right? you know, certain things that you do. And we each have rituals for this and things I go my masculine. And that's what creates that attraction. So that, mm -hmm. that I think is a really important principle that we both try to live by and apply. Because um, sometimes, you know, if you're, you know, in a relationship and, you know, there's not that energy there and you're, yeah, you're having sex or you're making love, but it, there, there's not that magnetism, that mm -hmm. lust, that desire Usually it's because there's depolarization that's occurred. And so if you can, if you can spark that by, you know, Tatiana, there's certain things you do. Maybe want to share some things you do to be more in your yeah. feminine. Yeah. Well, I will say that I think that in this day and age, um, I think a lot of women can relate to the, to the fact that it can be more challenging to embrace the feminine energy. Um, if you're a woman and you're in business, I'm sure you understand what I'm talking about because in business, you have to bring out a lot of that masculine energy. Yes, you can use your feminine energy and there's a great place for it, but a lot of the things that you'll be doing, you will require that masculine energy. And so my experience being a business owner has, and this is something that took me a journey, uh, years to figure out because I, I went from, you know, actually 
working at a job where I was using a lot of my feminine energy. I was a waitress and I was around women all the time and hanging out with my friends all the time. And then I transitioned to owning my own business where I didn't really hang out with my friends as much, wasn't with women all the time, wasn't, you know, a waitress and was a boss and had employees and had all these responsibilities. And so I really learned how to bring out my masculine energy and it served me so much in my business. Like I would not have created the business that I was able to create if I wasn't able to summon that masculine energy and the feminine energy at times when it was appropriate. It's, it's learning to dance between the masculine and the feminine energy. As Stefan said, we have both within us. And if you really want to build a superpower, it's learning how to summon either energy and how to have them dance and how to um, be able not to it's not about having like equal energies it's not about balancing the energies it's like there's times where you want more masculine there's times where you want more feminine but being able to do that intentionally instead of it over instead of it um, taking you and you're not able to um, to manipulate it and, and in that way. So I think for a lot of women it can be challenging because the masculine is greatly rewarded in business and even in society today, right? And the, the feminine is almost seen as a weakness and oh, you know, like, you know, the feminine is weak, the masculine is strong. If I want to be respected in business, then I need to be more masculine. Um, you know, even it comes down even to the, the clothes that we wear. Like, you know, maybe I'll wear a pantsuit instead of a, um, you know, a dress or um, it's, you know, how you show up. And so it, it's, it's embodied in so many different ways. And um, so it can be more challenging for the feminine who is uh, a working woman, who is a boss, an entrepreneur, it can be more challenging for her to um, transition into her feminine energy. So if her nature is feminine, but if she's spending the majority of her day, say, you know, nine, 10 hours of her waking hours using her masculine energy and her masculine energy, it can be challenging to transition back into that feminine energy. Um, and so what happens is you'll see, and maybe this has been your experience, it was certainly mine, where I'd be, you know, all day working, we have our separate space, and then at the end of the night, dinner time, we come together again, but I'm still in that masculine energy, and I'm not in that feminine energy. So he's in his masculine, I'm in my masculine, and like there's just no polarity, and it's not like sexy, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so I had to learn, okay, I wanna get more in my nature, because also, if you're in your masculine for so long and your nature is feminine, you feel this pull, you feel this misalignment. Like You're putting on a mask, essentially. Yeah, yeah, you feel like, oh, I'm just, I'm not congruent with my nature. And you feel it within you. You don't have words to describe it, but you feel like this is just not me. And when you get to tap into that feminine energy, when you get a taste of it and you're like, oh, wow, this is so refreshing, I needed this. And so for me, I learned that there needs to be a transition time after work. And so for me, I would like, sometimes I would take a shower, um, you know, kind of wash away the day, wash away the, the energy. Um, and then, or sometimes I would dance a little. The dancing is feminine, right? It's super feminine. You know, it's just the free flowing. You know, the, the feminine is like, is like the river that's flowing. It's going in all directions and it's just, it's not, it's not structured, right? It's just free flowing in the masculine is like the rock it's solid um, and so um, I would or it's or it's you know sometimes for me my part of my morning rituals put my makeup on and do my hair and it's not because it yes I like the way I look when I do that but it's really just a self-care practice and it's something that I can do first thing in the morning that helps me to enjoy my feminine energy and to respect my feminine energy that's a big part of it is learning to respect the feminine energy your feminine is your power there's a lot of power Power in the feminine and ask any masculine man you know if yeah. there's a feminine energy walking by like It'll the masculine is like you know they can't and, help but look they're drawn to it yeah and it's nothing even to do with looks or anything like that it's you not, know you can tell when energy. a woman's inner feminine no different if you go you can go to a bar and you can see you know a group of women there who are, look physically beautiful but they're not in their feminine they just have that cold look on their face they're not having yeah. fun they're not 
feeling free. The feminine is free. It's all And about then you can freedom. see someone else at a bar, maybe not as attractive, but they're having fun. They're in their femininity. Yeah. They're in that sensual okay. flow. It's they have an openness open, to them. Opening. Yeah, exactly. Sure. And so um, you have to find what it is for you, whether you're in your masculine or your feminine. Everyone has to figure out what are things that are going to help you to get into more of your feminine. What are things that are going to help you to get into more of your masculine? And when you understand what those things are, you can actually like practice that and, and, and adopt some practices into your day-to-day -day routine yeah. to help you to um, to summon either the feminine or the masculine energy and yeah. so for me it was realizing that like wow I, with the masculine energy like you know we could be in the bedroom and I'm thinking about work I'm thinking about how I'm gonna like deal with this employee and manage this conflict and it's like I'm in my mind so much and the feminine energy just allows me to just be open and relax and um, and <laughs> <laughs> you know, flow. For sure. Just like this you know, conversation, like yeah. I have no structure right now. And when Stefan talks, you'll, you'll hear he's like structured. He knows right. exactly what he's going to say. It's going to be more con more contained, and yeah. the feminine is just going to flow like a free spirit. And by the and way, when <laughs> I'm with Stefan, because he's more masculine. I naturally go more into my feminine. Right. So if you watch my videos on my channel, you'll see me when I'm speaking, I'll probably sound and look a bit different because I'm more in my masculine. But when I'm next to Stefan and he has a strong masculine energy, naturally it kind of pulls me into my feminine energy. And so it, I, I speak a bit differently, yeah. behave a bit differently. Um, and so that's actually a really great tip because if you wanna help your partner get into one energy, then you get into the other energy. It's yeah. the opposite. Yeah, and one thing that, for example, that brings out masculine is competition, you know, sports and competing. And so that's something that you don't want to have in your relationship, not unless you both want to be in your masculine um, or it's challenge. That brings out more masculine energy. Um, and what brings out feminine is praise. And, and there's certain things that you can do in your relationship to elicit more feminine and more masculine. Yeah. So, for example, you know, one thing that we do uh, as, as a ritual and a practice. We've, we've practiced Tantra, certain Tantric techniques and principles that we've learned and we've worked with many teachers and whatnot over the years. Um, but one simple practice that we like is eye gazing. Okay, just really fully being present with one another. And this is something that you can do, um, you know, just to create more intimacy with your partner, have more connection, but also to bring out the masculine and the feminine. So, for example, if Tatiana and I will sit across from each other, sometimes we'll put our hands on each other's heart, okay, physically, and we'll just stare into each other's eyes. And my whole focus as I'm doing that is to be present with her, not to be up here in my head, not to be thinking about business or anything like that, but mm -hmm. to be fully inside her, feeling her, and, and giving to her my energy, giving to her my love. And sometimes I'll say in my head, I love you, yeah. you're amazing, I own you, you're never getting away, you're mine forever, you know, and I'm kind of claiming her and I with feel that energy, it with his eyes and with his his energy, and the feminine is like a flower, and the feminine, the flower blossoms when she feels presence. So when he's staring at me and giving me his undivided attention, his presence, I start to blossom. I start to open up. I start to let go. I start to dissolve into my feminine energy, and um, and and. Um, uh, and it requires trust for the feminine to do that because you are opening and surrendering to the masculine. You're allowing the masculine to claim you. Yeah. And and because otherwise you being your masculine would be having up a wall and trying to be guarded, be protected. So this is something that might be a challenge. I'm not sure the state of your relationship, but really working on that trust for the feminine to mm. fully surrender right, right, right. to the masculine. And when she's, when the feminine surrenders, the masculine is drawn to that and yeah. wants to claim, yeah. you know, and, and exactly. the feminine I think that's more. definitely, uh, I know I was challenged with that as, you know, many women are can be challenged with just surrendering. Yeah. Because again, it's like holding on to the masculine energy because the masculine energy makes you feel protected, yeah. makes you feel safe. The feminine energy, sometimes you can feel vulnerable because it is for about sure, opening. Sure. And that's and the, why the feminine does need a, a masculine to protect themselves because you can't just be walking around in your feminine all the time you can get taken advantage of or yeah and that's challenges. why it's good to be able to bring yeah. out both energies within yourself right it's like you don't it's not man and woman it's the energies within for you sure, but sure. during this practice what does the feminine do the feminine wants to test the masculine for sure. right so I'm waiting to see when his eye will flicker 
I'm waiting to see if he will, he will break that presence because I want the presence. And, um, and so the, the feminine will oftentimes test the masculine and it's up to the masculine to realize that these are just tests and to yeah. give the feminine what she needs to blossom. For sure, yeah. So just <laughs> having this presence with your partner and this is something we'll do for five, 10 minutes, sometimes even longer than that. And we'll just stare deeply into each other's eyes and Tatiana will just, open more, surrender more, focus on her breath, hand on my heart. Sometimes we even match and mirror our breathing as well. So we have that synchronicity that can occur. If you match and mirror your breathing together, that when you both take a deep breath in and we both exhale together, that actually creates rapport with one another and a deeper connection. Mm -hmm. And you start to feel what the other person's feeling. And so, you know, I'm, you know, in my masculine and she might test me, but, but the more that I keep that presence with her, the more that she'll open, the more that she'll truly surrender, mm -hmm. you know, and then more that she's open to me, I can bring out more of that masculine mm -hmm. presence. And I think a good tip for the masculine is that before doing a practice like this, you know, privately just do your own meditation to get present with yourself. Because if you're just going, you're coming from like a busy work day, you've got a lot on your mind, a lot of stresses, and then you're going to have this this practice with your partner, like it's going to be a lot harder for you to give your partner that level of presence because you haven't centered yourself. Yeah, and yeah. so I think it's important for the masculine to find your center, to root yourself, and meditation can be really powerful for that. Yeah. Now another thing is um, that there is light energy and there is dark energy. And that's very important to understand when it comes to the bedroom. And I don't even have to define what light energy and dark energy is. Everyone already knows. Intuitively, we know we've experienced it. And I think what's important to mention is that sometimes we will, we will only allow ourselves to bring out one energy as we suppress another, whether it's because you know, our religious views or because we were told it was bad or we had an experience or a trauma, trauma. Um, but for whatever reason, maybe we're only experiencing one energy and not the other. And just like we have feminine and masculine, we also have the light and the dark. And it's important to be able to allow yourself to experience both. You know, um, there are times when, yeah, the light energy will be what's going to serve you and what's going to help you to feel great and have amazing intimacy and have great sex. And there's times when the dark energy really is like what, what is needed and what is desired. But if you're not allowing yourself to experience that, for example, if you don't allow yourself to experience the dark energy, well, there's a part of you and a part of your relationship that doesn't get to be experienced. And so it, and then if it's not experienced in the relationship, it can come out in other ways outside of the relationship. And so it's important to understand light and dark energy. And we, um, we play around with that, you know, like we can, we can switch from light to dark in you know, in a minute and, or we can have like, you know, there are times when yeah. it is dark and it is funky and we are trying new things. And there's times where it is light and just like super intimate. And we do the Tantra would be an example of a light energy yeah. where it's just like giving each other slow and you know, all yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> and this is actually, you know, one of the reasons why, um, for example, there's a lack of attraction relationship as well. That's one of the reasons why, for example, a lot of men watch pornography, you know, or they go to a strip club. It's because that's a dark energy. You know, you can tell that environment is a, is a very dark energy. And the woman that they're with might be a really good woman, beautiful woman, but is lacking. She's more in her light feminine rather than the dark feminine. And it's the same thing. You know, there's some men that are good men. They're noble. They're very... Um, honorable men, high integrity men, they have that light masculine energy, but they're lacking the dark masculine mm -hmm. where sometimes the feminine wants to, you know, be taken and wants to, you know, um, you know, just kind of the be seduced by wants that. to be taken. Right. And I think what happens is that sometimes we put ourselves into these roles. So whether it's, you create some sort of identity. So whether yeah. it's like you now are married and you're a wife and then you have an idea of what a wife should be right? Or you're a mom, you become a mom and you have an idea of what a what mom should be. And then you feel like there, there are certain things that I shouldn't do. And so it, it's not about right or wrong. It's, it's you do what's best for you. But it's just realizing that um, if you're creating all these rules for yourself and, and maybe suppressing a side of yourself that wants to be experienced, that wants to come out, um, then it's going to create, again, this incongruence within yourself. And it can come at the cost of your relationship because I think a relationship is a place, it's a safe space to experience like 
to create and to experience and to try new things. And that's part of being in a relationship, a long-term relationship is spicing it up, is trying new things. And, you know, just ha having, you know, fun with each other and, and, and um, exploring new things and, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's so much we can share on this topic. Um, like, I'll just give you one more thing, guys, before we dive into another question. One thing that I've shared before on my YouTube channel, I think over a year, and a half ago or so um, was this book that we both read. It's one of our favorite relationship books and it's called uh, Cupid's Poison Arrow. Cupid's Poison Arrow by Marnia Robinson, I believe. And um, this was a woman that went and she studied all the different kind of philosophies, religions, um, when, it, when it came to relationships. And she studied Tantra and, you know, Buddhist principles and all of this sort of stuff. And one thing that um, she shares and teaches is this method called the Caretza method. And the Caretza method is a way of making love with your partner that's very slow and sensual. It's very intimate. It's not anything like what you watch on pornography, for example, or what the media and all of that has kind of sold you on what sex you know, should be and, and, and how it is. And that, that can be fun at times, um, but it's lacking that intimacy and that connection that you get from this method. And so a big part of it is actually practicing with your partner that the goal when you make love is not to have an orgasm, okay? Orgasm is not the goal. When you have orgasm as the goal, then it creates all this pressure. And oftentimes it's like, you, you know, you get caught up in your head around that. And so um, a big part of it is practicing not having an orgasm. And for men, not having not ejaculate, you know, non-ejaculation. And by the way, there's actually certain methods um, certain things you can learn from, for example, there's a book called The Multi-Orgasmic Man by Mantak Chia, learning through certain principles how to have orgasms for men without ejaculation. Okay, It's all about learning how to channel the energy through your body, through your chakras, rather than expending that energy out, learning how to channel that, that energy all up through your body. You can have kundalini awakenings and all these kind of crazy energetic experiences when you dive into that world. But um, this is something that we practiced where we went several months without orgasm. That was not the intention at all from our lovemaking. And what it also does is it allows your love, you get so much pleasure out of just a touch. You get so much pleasure out of just slowly touching and looking at each other. And it's, it's incredible what that does. And there's actually a lasting effect that you have in your relationship when you do this. Uh, because they've actually found, and she outlines this in the book, when you do have an orgasm, it takes about two weeks for your brain to recover from that because an orgasm is one of the peak experiences of pleasure that a human being can have. And when you have a, a high like that, whatever goes up must come down. So usually when you have an orgasm, there's a crash. There's a chemical component to it, For right? sure. In your brain. In your brain, brain chemistry. Yeah. And so what, what, what they've actually found is that it takes two weeks because otherwise you'll have this chemical imbalance of ups and downs where it'll actually translate to you not being attracted to your partner, you um, annoyed, annoyed and agitated and frustrated. So I probably didn't do the best service describing it, but pick up this book. It's one of our favorite yeah. books. I'd like to read it again. Some of the best times in our relationship is when we were actually practicing this Caretza method. Yeah. It, was, it was very powerful for us. And we've done times where we spent months doing this method, practicing this method, and then months not practicing this method. And I can tell the difference. Um, not only like in our relationship and the level of intimacy we have with each other, but also it allows you to like reach a new level, I feel, and I don't know if this is, I should say this, but I feel like you just like have way less brain fog and you're sure. much more clear thinking and I feel like I get to tap into a genius part of myself when we are practicing this. So if you're curious about that, try it because for me it was really awesome and yeah, yeah I'd like to And do you know, I, I'm sure in this video for some of you guys, I don't know, but you might think, oh my gosh, this is getting really deep. This is like, <laughs> I had no idea this, all these things that maybe that we're describing to you guys. and. You know, this, guys, this is the ultimate gift and goal when you have freedom in your life. And I know many of you guys are entrepreneurs building your business. For us, one of the greatest advantages of that when you create your success, for example, you have freedom, is it allows you to focus more on self-actualization. You know, you know, Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the very peak is self-actualization. For us, because we prioritize a relationship so much, there's so many levels of what you can learn and how you can grow your relationship that most people have no idea about. 
And one key principle that we have of always being in a personal development is we're always trying to grow, but that requires having an open mind. Because I know that, you know, I've shared certain things like this about not having an orgasm. And so many people, they're like, what? I couldn't imagine that. That's crazy, not having an orgasm. But most people, they're so close-minded, and that's why they have an average life. That's why they have an average relationship. We're not interested in average. We want an extraordinary life, an extraordinary relationship, and we're not going to settle for anything less than that. So just like for many of you guys, you know, this possibility of building an online business, the possibility, you know, of becoming financially free, making passive income. Maybe those are certain things you never heard of before because society told you that you got to go to school, get a job, and then you retire when you're 65. And then you learn a new way of being, a new way of living, and it, you have a paradigm shift. You're like, oh my gosh, that's what's possible. Mm. And, you know, if you read like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, there's the poor dad mentality, then there's a rich dad, and sometimes it's the opposite of what you thought you knew and what you've been told. And it's the same thing in relationships. And that's why it's so exciting because there's so much, like we know what we know, we know what we don't know, but we don't know what we don't know. And there's so much available that we don't know that we're always eager to learning and trying. And that's a key principle that I think that's always allowed our relationship to achieve new levels because whenever you think you're at one level and this is as good as it gets, there's like a hundred or a thousand other levels beyond that that we're always excited to pursue. So that's for us, you know, how we define our success. It's not financial or money. It's like we want to grow in life and we want to grow spiritually, emotionally, uh, in a relationship, sexually, every different aspect of our lives. Mm -hmm. And this is things we don't really talk about that often on our channels because yeah. we don't know if people are interested in this sort of stuff. Um, but, you know, these are the things, the circles that we're a part of, the events, the seminars we go to, the books that we read and the stuff that we study because this is a whole world, a whole niche that you can go really deep down. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, um, you know, we have a vision for our relationship. We want to, like, you know, people will tell you, oh, you know, it's all downhill after you get married or it's all downhill after 50 or whatever, you know, the stereotype is. But like, or wait okay. till you have kids. When you have kids, you know, and usually it's because people are yeah, struggling but, in their relationship and that they project have, that experience yeah. onto and others it could, as a belief. Yeah, it's probably true for the person who's saying that because sure. that's why they're saying it. It's because that was their experience, but it doesn't have to be true for you. So be very careful who you take advice from. Sure. But our vision is that we're like our relationships just gets better. Our attraction to each other just gets better. Our sex life just gets better, not worse. Best is yet to come. Exactly. And so one of the beautiful things about our relationship is that both of us, you know, we alluded to the six human needs. We spoke about the six human needs in the previous video. Um, and one of those human needs is growth. And Steph and I happen to both value growth at very high levels. It's one of our top needs. So because of that, we're always open to learning and growing and trying new things. And that's really valuable in our relationship personally is that because we both care so much about growth there are times when one partner is like really into growth um, and personal development and the other isn't and that's fine you could still have an amazing relationship but because we both are it's just it makes things a lot easier because we're both like super interested in co constantly growing yeah yeah okay we're okay. gonna get to the next question <laughs> how do you manage your money is it 50 50 so um so for us, um, our... And, yeah. Well, this is a great question, too, because, you know, it, it can be a little bit different based on the context because, you know, we're already, we're both successful, we're both entrepreneurs, yeah. we're both individually in that way. And obviously, you know, that might not always be the case. There's many different um, 
types of relationship people decide to have. Sometimes yeah, one person's the provider, the other person's the... And it's whatever works for you. I don't think that there's a right way and a wrong way yeah. when it comes to this. Like, it's really just your, your relationship. You sit down, you have a conversation, see what works for you. I know for many people it works really well where, um, you know, the, the, there will be one person who stays at home and takes care of the kids and one person who's the provider. And um, right now we don't have kids. Our situation is we both do really well financially. So we're both, we're splitting the bills and we split the costs because of our financial situation. But our strategy long-term is, <laughs> you can share it. <laughs> well, um, so our, th there's kind of like a formula that for us just makes sense, which is um, financially in terms of what the contribution is, is based on what your income is. And so let's say, for example, that the man, traditionally, let's say the man is, uh, you know, 100% providing all the income, and let's say the woman decides to be a stay-at-home mom, well, if the man's 100%, um, you know, financially, you know, earning all the income, then he'd pay 100% of the expenses. This is, you know, there's no way that the woman can contribute in well, the way that... her contribution is raising the kids. Absolutely, and you have, you have to absolutely value that and appreciate that, <laughs> for sure. Um, but on the other hand, let's say that, you know, the man, let's say, is producing 80% of the income and the woman's, you know, still working and maybe provides 20%, then 80% of the expenses will be provided by the man and 20% by the woman. In the other way, maybe it's the woman that's providing 80% of the income and the man, you know, 20%. It would be kind of based on that formula and that ratio. And so it's based on what... You know, um, if one person, for example, is making a million dollars a year, the other person is making $50,000 a year, then you can't expect to split things 50-50. It's just, you, you know, we, so we kind of use that ratio, if that makes sense, as a formula that we go off of. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, if Tatiana makes a decision that you want to be a stay-at-home mom, or maybe we decide, I want to be a stay-at-home dad, whatever it is, then, you know, based on the income the other person produces, then they're going to be the yeah. provider. Or it's possible, too, that I, you know, say I decide that, hey, I'm just going to work part-time and raise kids part-time. I mean, even though that's always going to be a full-time job, well, let's just say that's the situation. But say I earn more income, even though I decide to work part-time, well, then nonetheless, I would be contributing more towards the bills because I'm earning the higher income. So it's not amount of time that you're working. It's really just what your income is. So for us, that's kind of the strategy that we felt like made the most sense. We felt like it's fair. Um, and, um, and so for us right now, we don't have kids. We're not in that situation. So we just, um, we split things and that's what works for us for now. But eventually once we have kids, the dynamics going to change and the roles are going to change and we're going to have to adapt to that and see what will work back best at that time. Yeah. You know, and you know, one thing that's unfortunate that I've seen a lot in relationships is money becomes a weapon sometimes that the other person can use to control or manipulate. So for example, let's say if the man is the provider and the woman's the stay-at-home mom, then sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the wife doesn't feel that she's being appreciated in her contribution. And the man says, well, I'm making the money. It's my money. I can decide what I'm going to do with it. And it creates this separation. And I've, I've, I've seen that dynamic play out a lot. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think an important thing is for both people to feel empowered financially that you know both person has a level of independence of perhaps savings and money put aside um, so that they're not you know living in fear I've, I saw that in my parents relationship where my mom um, you know my parents went through a divorce and it was really challenging for my mom because they uh, she didn't have anything and she was in a position where she had to go get a job at you know 50 something years old and she's out of the workforce for so long and one of the reasons why she stayed for so long in a, a negative relationship was because financially she couldn't support herself Fear, she because what are you going to do when you have kids you don't have any money your husband is the one paying the bills you don't have anything of your own how are, what do you, what's your like what what are your options so it can feel like in some ways you can feel imprisoned and oftentimes i i do see this and i've seen it in my own family where um you know you're staying in an unhealthy relationship because you don't feel like there's yeah. a way out and people use fear they can use fear to control the other person and uh that's where it can get really unhealthy and so i, I think every relationship can be a little bit different mm -hmm. and it's a, an important discussion to have and hopefully uh, people can have a very conscious discussion out mm -hmm. of abundance rather than scarcity and fear. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's it's important for both 
people to feel like they have um, yeah. financial, a level and, of security in the relationship. And that's what we have. So we also each have our own separate investments, investments and savings. Businesses. And we empower each other to have that. So I've got my own investment account. He's got his own investment account. And you know, that's his, that's mine. And so we have our own independence, but the things that like, our, our joint expenses, the things that are for us and that we do together, you know, that's something that we both contribute to. <laughs> All right, let's okay. move on. Um, the one more question. Uh, oh, uh, does Stefan get jealous if Tatiana makes more money? And vice versa, I would assume. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> is the answer. I mean, number one, we're on the same team. Of yeah, course, exactly. I, you know, I want Tatiana to do is amazing as she, you know, to fulfill her potential. I don't want to hold her potential back because of my fear and my insecurity. Um, so I want her to, to blossom and to achieve what she wants to achieve and to be as happy as she wants to be and experience everything that you want to experience and, mm -hmm. and vice versa. So yeah. we don't have that fear around that. But I think, you know, part of it, um, honestly, is that, you know, we've really evolved over the last number of years uh, I think based on our situation where we, you know, we've done well enough financially that we don't have to work again, we're set up for the rest of our lives and uh, we've been smart with our money, that one thing that we've been working on a lot is giving up a lot of the attachment that we once had to money. So there was a time in, I think, both of our lives where money was like so important, you know, becoming wealthy, becoming financially free. It was such a, a focus in our minds that we had to learn and master um, but then also that creates a level of attachment where you have this fear. Whatever you worship, if you worship money, you'll never feel like you have enough. Mm -hmm. Just like if you worship beauty, you'll always feel like you're ugly. You know, so, and that was a quote from, I think, David, uh, David Foster Wallace. Amazing quote, you guys can look that up. But for us, um, I think both of us, we just, we've made money less important. It's, we, we make all the other areas of our life at this stage more important. We make our relationship more important, our health, our mental and emotional well-being, our spirituality, our family. Those are things that we care more about, we put more focus into. Um, money is something now for us that we're, we're comfortable if we don't make any more of it, to be honest. Like we're, we're set financially. So yeah, I mean, if Tatiana makes more, fantastic, great. But I'm not defining my happiness or my identity based or my self-worth based on how much money I make or how much money I have. Um, that's just going back yeah. to the ego that we talked about. Yeah, exactly. And I think that if, if, you know, if Stefan makes more money than me and if that threatens me, if that brings out an insecurity in me, then I have to ask myself, well, what is my relationship to money? And how do I view money? Um, because obviously um, there's some sort of identity that I'm holding and some, for some reason I'm now basing my value, my self-worth on the level of income that I'm making in relation to Stefan. And so it's, it's, uh, this goes back to the first video that we're talking about, it's an opportunity to reflect of yourself and say, okay, where's this insecurity coming from? Why is this a threat to me? Why would I feel jealous right now? Um, because if you do, then there's something deep within that has to do with how you're viewing money. And there's probably some scarcity there. There's some insignificance, a feeling of insignificance, like how much you make is going to define your, the value that you have in the world, something like that. I'm sure there's something like that there. And so if, if, if that were the case, then it would be an opportunity for me to reflect on that and try and figure out what that is within myself and then maybe try and heal that because there's a part of me that probably needs healing. Because otherwise, if I'm whole and complete, then to me, money is just money. And if he makes more money, great. If I make more money, great. If we don't make money, okay, let, like we can work on that. But it's not, there's no emotional trigger there because money itself, it's like, it's not good, it's not bad, it's, 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 it's neutral. And it's whatever I you make, of it. make yeah. of it, exactly. And it's, it's the meaning that you make, I mean, if, one person's making more money, it's what I decide to make that mean. I can make that mean that I'm insignificant 
which usually is why you would be insecure or jealous is because you're overvaluing the need of significance and you're caught up in your ego. So the ego feels threatened by that and you feel like I'm not as significant and I'm comparing myself to someone else and if they're more, make more money than me, then I feel insignificant in comparison to them. Yeah, so we being caught, caught up in your ego. Yeah, and, and, and it's and, no different than if, say, for, sorry for interrupting you. That's okay. <laughs> just for example, like if you, you know, if you just oftentimes you'll see someone who's like just decked out in designer, like just super super flashy and wants to drive a super super flashy sports car, and so they obviously want to show how much money they have. But the when you know and what we do, you know, when you when you have a level of awareness, you can ask yourself, okay, well, what tr need are they trying to meet? We, we talked about this in the first video. You know, based on these actions, they're obviously trying to show how much money they have, what need are they trying to meet? They're trying to meet the need of significance. So for them, they feel worthy, they feel significant when people pay, like give them the, day, the time of day because they're flaunting their money. And so it's, it, it makes you really understand people at a different level and understand yourself. And then you see what kind of need that, hey, maybe I can meet this need in a different way. If this way is not serving me, maybe there's another way that's going to be more serving in my life that I can actually meet that need. Yeah. So, you know, I don't think it's healthy to tie your self-worth and your identity to money. Sure, making money is great, but don't get so attached to it that if you uh, aren't making, like, for example, you know, um, one thing for both of us is we both don't work nearly as much as we did before. And as a result of that, like, Maybe we're making a little bit less money than we did before, but we're okay with that. We're not so attached by it. We could, you know, if we both decided to take like the next two, three years off and make no money, like we can do that because we're not so tied up in that. And we also have the belief and confidence to know, like I know for me, hey, if I want to make more money, right, there's like, there's so many things that I can do. There's this business opportunity, that opportunity. There's, I can put, you know, create more videos on YouTube. I could invest more. But usually for us now, we're not willing to, work as hard and get so caught up in that, even though yes, it could make me more money and I can feel more significant or whatever. Uh, for us, really what's more important is just having love and having happiness in our lives and peace of mind and, and actually enjoying our lives and being mm -hmm. fulfilled. And that's really, I think, one of the most important purposes of life and people don't experience it as much as they should because they're so caught up in money, mm -hmm. you know, or, or whatever it might be, yeah. so. Yeah, and a fundamental learning in Taoism is practicing non-attachment because whatever you are so attached to is what can create suffering in your life. Yeah. And so it's like recognizing that, yes, we need money. We need money to like live in this world and function. And it can be fun to have money and buy things and do fun things and create magic experiences. But it's the attachment to money, and this is also a theme in the Bible, um, you know, the, the, um, it's easier for a camel to uh, go through the eye of a needle than a rich man, a to, rich man. to go to the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. So these are, these are, these are fundamentals and, and many, these are themes that you'll find recurring themes and many um, religions and, um, and studies. And the reason being is because it's the attachment to it. It's, it's not the money itself. Money isn't bad itself. Um, it's the attachment to it because when you're so attached to it, then it, when you don't have it, and if you don't have it right now, that causes suffering in your life. So you're missing out on a lot of beauty in your life because you're not able to be present and because you're so fixed on, on getting something or someone, like we were just talking about in the previous video, finding your soulmate. Um, you know, yes, it's good to have your criteria. It's good to get clarity. It's good to know what you want so that you can attract it into your life. But if you're so attached to that and to your criteria, then it might not, you might not open up to the possibility that someone in front of you is, is maybe that person for you and maybe doesn't meet every single piece of your criteria because you're so attached to that. Um, so you're not open to, to the present experience, the present moment. Um, so I think it's just releasing attachment uh, from a lot of things in life. And that's yeah. something that I've been practicing as well. Our spirituality has helped us with that, you know, and I know there's a question here, I think, relating to that. And we're both Christians, but we, you know, we're, we learn all religions, to be honest, and open to different well, teachings of... and the wisdom that can exist in them. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, just reminds, you know, just kind of, not, not just in Christianity, but I think all of the religions they warn of greed and um, the, the suffering that occurs from that. And, um, you know, there's that quote from Jesus, I believe, that which 
I'll paraphrase because I don't remember it exactly, but it's essentially, you know, what good is it, you know, making all this money or having all this success if you lose your soul in the process. And, um, you know, that's something that we're mindful of. And I think our spirituality uh, has allowed us to humble ourselves a lot and to, um, and, you know, mm-hmm. just not be so attached to um, the greed or the, um, the suffering that comes from the greed or the mm-hmm. attachment to money. Okay, I think we're going to wrap up this video. This was another long one. Thank you guys for sticking through all the way to the end if you're still watching us. Um, this is a video that was really good because, you know, it just kind of caused us to think. It's like it's yeah. very difficult to explain some of these things because um, usually these are not topics that we talk about on YouTube, but these are things that we talk about amongst each other that when we talk to each other about these things, like, it's easy to talk about, but it's a little bit different on YouTube because we have yeah. to be mindful of the fact that you guys might not understand what we're saying, it's I guess. And we have to try to explain it. And, and it's harder to explain depending on who you're talking to, I think. Yeah, I don't know so if it's, anything it's, I said made sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because some of these things, they're, they're deep and they're abstract and there's... Um, you know, it's, we're it's trying to break it down in a way. A, and, you know, everyone relates to this where you understand a concept in your mind, but to articulate it is a lot more challenging. Yeah. And so because it's a subject that we don't talk about that often, we don't create content about that often, at least for myself, I'll speak for myself, it's more challenging to articulate some of these concepts. Yeah. Um, but hopefully you guys enjoyed <laughs> it. I mean, if you got some value, if you learned something, let us know in the comment box what resonated with you most. Um, and if you you have other relationship questions we still have more that we didn't get to but we can do another video another time if this is something that you guys would like to see let us know because we're just we're not sure if you guys like this we even thought you know at some point it'd be fun to do a podcast where yeah. we're just like me and Tatiana just talking you know just almost like you guys you know we're not doing it for YouTube or for an audience because I think sometimes you know yeah. there's some great you know podcasts that exist even like a Joe Rogan it was just like talking to someone and it's interesting just to kind of get a glimpse of that psychology or how they think or well, whatever. And there's them, a lot, there's, a, there's so many deep things that we talk about, like when we're sitting on the couch or And it's the easier to time. talk to, talk among each other. And we, it's one of our favorite hobbies is to just sit down. And we're and sometimes we're like, man, this is so good. If we were recording this right now, this would be some valuable content for someone. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Okay. Maybe. Let All us right. know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Okay, so thank you guys for watching. Um, If you liked it, give it a thumbs up and be sure to check out part one of this video. We'll link it in the description box below. And don't forget to check out our wedding video. Um, Just, we wanted to share the magic moment with you since you've been part of our journey over the number of years, you know, pretty much since we started a relationship, we started doing videos together. And so it's been cool to share a part of that with you guys. Um, So thank you for watching and we will see you guys another time. Bye. Thanks for joining me today and listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or received any value, then I'd love for you to leave an honest review on iTunes and subscribe to the Project Life Mastery podcast for future episodes. And of course, to receive more content and value, make sure to find and follow me at www.projectlifemastery.com for more. Thanks again. Remember to always believe and commit your life to mastery. I look forward to talking to you again soon. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, Visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.